I have the great privilege now just to share God's word with you. And the last week and a bit, as I've just been praying and working out what it was that God wanted me to say, it wasn't until Thursday afternoon that I felt like God's like, ah, this is what it is. I had so many ideas of what I could do. For those of you who are going on camp this year, we're looking at the life of Joseph. So I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Should I do something about the life of Joseph? And I'm like, no, that doesn't just sit well with me. And so where I've landed is where I think God wants, for each one of us, um, whether we're going on camp or not, is to have a look at a particular chapter in the Bible. And so if you've got your Bibles or if you've got one nearby, go grab it because we're going to be looking just at one chapter today. Romans chapter 12. And I feel like God has given me this chapter to share this morning because I think it has some keys for us for Southern Cross Kids Camp, but it also has some keys for us for this year. It's the 2nd of January today, and often when we come into a new year, we start thinking about the year that was, and we start thinking about the year that is to come. And we can sometimes as Christians spend time actually asking ourselves, God, what do you have for us this year? What's it going to look like? What do you want me to focus on? Like, what does this year look like? And I believe that for some of you, there's some keys in Romans 12 that God might want to speak to you, not just today, but throughout the year. Because I believe that Romans 12 is such a great chapter for us to actually Really, we could spend our whole life just trying to do what Paul talks about in Romans 12 and we would be good and faithful servants of God and we probably wouldn't achieve all the things that Paul tells us in Romans 12. But before we read Romans 12, and we are going to read all of it, it's 21 verses, it's really important that we start at the very beginning of Romans 12. And the very first word in Romans 12, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. But yeah, so if you've got a different version, I'm reading from the NIV, just so you know. And the very first word in Romans 12 in the NIV version is the word therefore. And what we always know is whenever there's a therefore, we often have to go back and look and say, what are we talking about? What has led up to this point where Paul has said, therefore? Because therefore really means because of. Now, often you can go back to chapter 11 and you can read the last, you know, four or five verses or maybe the whole chapter and get an understanding of what the therefore is about. But in Romans 12... That helps you a tiny bit, but not that much. But in Romans 12, the great thing is, is that Paul actually tells us in Romans 12 why the therefore is there. So Romans 12, these are the first few lines. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So in one way, we already know what Paul is talking about. He's saying because of God's mercy, everything else, that's why I'm saying everything else that I'm saying. But if you want to get a bigger picture, you actually find in the book of Romans, the verse, the chapter 12 is where Paul takes a shift. The first 11 chapters in Romans 12 
is Paul outlining the gospel in depth. He talks about the fact that we are sinners. The Jews and Gentiles are the same. Even though the Jews are under the law and the Gentiles are in Christ, we are all seen the same. And it's only by the grace that God's given us, it's only because of the mercy that God has shown us through Jesus that we can actually know God. And if you've never read Romans 12 or Romans the book, or if you haven't read it for a while and you're looking for something to read this year, Romans is a great book to look at because it really outlines all that Jesus has done. It reminds us of what, the, what God is like and his character. It reminds us of who we are and the fact that without Jesus, we actually cannot know God. That the law may have been good to begin with, and it was good, but the law just made us conscious of the sin that we have. So Romans is a fantastic book to give us a really good understanding of God's grace, of his mercy, and of who God is and who we are. And when it comes to 12 to 16, which Romans ends at chapter 16, we really get an understanding of, okay, because of all of this, because of everything I've told you, because of your sinful state and the fact that your righteousness doesn't come from you but comes from Jesus alone, out of that, this is how we should be living. So I really want to make it clear that even though we're going to be looking in Romans 12 and it's going to talk to us about things that we should do, this is not things that we should do because it makes us right in the sight of God. These are not things that we should do because it's going to get us into heaven. These are things that we do out of all that God has done. Because our righteousness comes from God and God alone, because we have been saved from our sinful nature and have been made anew in Christ, it's because of that that whatever Paul talks about from now on matters, not these things add up to a relationship with God and righteousness. I wish you were all here in person to, tell, to make sure that you all understand that because if you don't get that, reading Romans 12 out of context can make you just feel guilty. Can make you feel like, oh, there's all these things I've got to do. And so we just feel discouraged. But those of us, and I'm assuming most all of us do on screen today, those of us who know God and know the Holy Spirit know that condemnation is actually not part of his equation. That God is actually all about conviction and encouragement. And there may be some things today that God wants to encourage you to do, but not so that God will love you more not so that you can get to heaven, not so that your relationship with God will be any different, but because of God's great love for us, because of his mercy. So in view of God's mercy, as Paul says, this is what we want to outwork ourselves and these are some things that we can do in view of all that God is. So I really want to make that clear, and I'm probably repeating myself now, because it's so important that we take verse 12 in the context of all that Paul is saying and not just read it as a to-do list and think it has anything to do 
with our connection with God or our relationship with God. So I'm hoping that that's clear. If it's not clear, read Romans 1 to 11 and Paul will make it clear and then read 12 again. So let's read Romans 12, starting at verse 1. Amazingly enough, start at the beginning. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For the, by the grace given me, I say to each one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, and then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone's evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to revenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And a lot in there. And I just want to focus on a few things this morning that I think would be really helpful for us, no matter what our weeks are looking like, whether we're going on a Southern Cross kids camp, whether we're going back to work, whether we're looking after kids, whatever we're doing in the weeks to come, I think there's some keys in here that God wants to remind us of because of his mercy, because of who he is, how we can actually make a difference and an impact. And it starts at the beginning. The very first thing that Paul tells us in these verses, and Matt is my husband, and he, when he was a kid, when he got to sort of, 
I can't remember what age, and he's not here to correct me, so let's just say 15. When he got to about 15, there were some Sundays where he didn't want to go to church. And so if he didn't go to church, there were some things that he had to do instead of going to church. And so he had to clean the house for half an hour, and he had to memorise something in the Bible. And so Matt memorised Romans chapter 12, and I think he can do at least the first eight verses still now. And if you're looking for some verses to memorise this year, again, Romans 12 is a great place to start because the beginning of these verses show us some things that are really key if we want to actually be disciples of Jesus. And it says this, In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So I think the first key that we see here is that if we want to be a disciple of Jesus, if we want to actually live out because of God's mercy, we need to give ourselves wholly to God and his will. We don't like the word sacrifice. We like the word comfort or make a choice in what you want to do. But Paul makes it really clear here, and there's other places in the Bible that makes it clear too, that if we want to be a disciple of Jesus, it actually requires sacrifice. It actually requires us saying, I want to do things your way, God. I'm not going to do things my way. And that means sometimes doing what I want, and that means sometimes doing what I don't want. And we'll see as we follow on in, the, in chapter 12 that there's a lot of things here that are not easy to do. There are some things here that are really easy, but in lots of cases, they're actually things that we have to choose to do and make a sacrifice to do because it doesn't just come naturally. So the first thing that I think that we should make a choice to practice is to actually be living sacrifices. There's a lot more I can say about that. The main thing that people say about these verses is to remember that it's a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice can get up and go whenever they want to, but they choose not to. They choose to actually daily say, not who I am, but who you are. I will die to myself, and it's no longer I that live, which is what Paul talks about later in the Bible, but it's Christ who lives in me. And it's that attitude that we have because of God's mercy that means that the rest of what Paul talks about in, in chapter 12 of Romans can actually flow out of us. So give yourselves to God. And sometimes that's a daily act. It's not just a one-off thing to say, God, I gave myself to you a long time ago and now I'm just living life. And I know for me, sometimes it's not daily, sometimes it's, multiple times a day that I need to come back and say, I don't want to do what my selfish desire is. I want to do what your desire is. Make your desire my desire. And then I do it not because I feel like it, but because I made a choice to sacrifice my will for God's will, which is much better than my will anyway. just doesn't always seem that way. If we jump down to verse 4 in chapter 12, it says this, for each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. 
So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Paul is making an assumption that today is not an assumption that you can make. Paul is making an assumption that we are in community with other people. That we are in community and part of a body, not just a local body, but a corporate body, and that we're actively part of that body. And as I said today, the sad thing is that there are some people who are not actively involved in a body. Not you guys on the screen, because you probably wouldn't be here if you weren't. But it's really important for us to be part of a body, be part of a community, because each member belongs to all the others. I need you to fulfill the life that God has for me. And you need me to fulfill the life that God has for you. And we actually need to be working together to fulfill the purposes that God has for us in this life. And so I want to encourage each one of you to use the gifts that God's given you, not just for your own sake, but for the sake of those around you. And if you're going on Southern Cross Kids Camp, come ready, expecting to use the gifts that God's given you, because we need you to. Not just your role, like if you're a buddy, we need you to be the best buddy that you can be. If you're a counsellor, we need you to be the best counsellor you can be, Sam. We need Peter and Sureta to use all the gifts that God's given them to be the best directors they can be. If you're a staff member, we need you to be the best staff member that you can be. Because it's when we do that that we actually all benefit from each other. That we all get to fulfill the purpose that God has on camp and then be on camp. The churches that you're involved in, be the best person you can be in that space and use the gift God's given you. It can be easy sometimes to think, oh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes or I don't want to, I don't know what my gifts are. But just be who God's created you to be. Be the member of the body that God wants you to be so that we can actually work together. Because it actually benefits each other when we do that. And God has given you a gift. He's given you many gifts. And so if you're not sure how God has gifted you, just be yourself. Be who God has created you to be. Ask someone else, hey, what do you think I'm good at? And your friends and your family and those who know you well will be able to tell you. And then embrace it and own it and work out of the gifts that God's given you. We're going to jump down to verse 9. So the first thing is we need to give ourselves to God wholly as a living sacrifice. We need to use the gifts that God's given us to benefit others and to benefit God's kingdom. And then the last thing I want to talk about is verse, starts at verse 9 when it says this, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love and honour one another above yourselves. 
I'm sure each of us know when someone pretends to like us, but we know they really don't. You know, and it comes across a bit like, more like they're trying to suck up to us than actually really like us. Paul, he tells us that our love must be sincere. It actually must be genuine. We have to be devoted to one another in love and to honor one another above yourself. And that can be really hard if the person just isn't easy for you to love. And it can be really hard to honor someone if you don't think they deserve it. But Paul doesn't say here, love those that you want to. He doesn't say, honor those that deserve it above yourselves. And so how do we actually do this well? The great thing is that we do it remembering the mercy and the grace that God's shown us. We do it because in the very beginning of Romans, Paul has already told us that we are pretty much nothing compared to God. It's because we love, not because they deserve it, but because God loves us. And we love in this way because the Holy Spirit enables us to. See, Paul doesn't say this out of context and just says, try harder, just try and love people more. He's actually saying it because of who God is, because of the love he's shown you, you can love that person that's not very nice and doesn't deserve it because really, do we deserve the love of God? No. The Holy Spirit actually allows us to love sincerely. We're going to be on, well, not all of us, but some of us will be on camp this time next week. And we're going to find people that we just click with. There's going to be people on camp that we're going to love hanging out with, that we can't wait for, for camp to end so we can hang out without the kids and just enjoy ourselves. But there's going to be people that we wish we didn't have in our cabin. There's going to be people that we wish we didn't have to interact with. Now, none of you guys, of course, would be in that category. I'm talking about the people that aren't on screen today because we're all good. Everybody loves me and I'm just brilliant and I'm never annoying and I never do anything that people don't like. So we're all fine. But I'm talking about those other people. And it may be that you, it's not maybe that people don't annoy you, but you just don't click with them. Even though there may be people on camp that we get along with and are easy to love, there'll be people on camp that we find hard to click with. That's where we rely on God's love and not our love. That's where we love them, not because they deserve it, because we don't deserve to be loved by everybody, but because God made them and they are made in God's image and they are worth being loved because of who God is. So even if you have to, every time you walk up to someone, say, I'm going to love them because God loves them, that should be enough. And that's just not buddy or stuff. That could be a kid too. We love because God first loved us. And that is the difference between us and pretty much anybody that's not a Christian is as a disciple of Christ, 
We can love sincerely, not because of what the other person gives us, but because of what God himself has given us. And we love out of his love, not of our own. And that just doesn't go on camp. That goes in life in general. We as Christians and God's disciples should be the most loving, honoring people there are. Because no matter who is the other end of our conversation, we should be able to love them because they are made in the image of Christ. We should be able to love them because God loves them. And we clearly know that God loves everybody. So there's nobody that we shouldn't be able to love, not because of who they are, not because they are easy to love or because they're not easy to love, but because of God's love. And that's why our love can be sincere. That's why we can honour each other above ourselves, not because a person deserves it, but because we know who God is, we know what he has done in our lives, and we love and honour out of that space. Verse 14, I'm going to jump down to, which says this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. It can be easy to put up a good front and be nice to someone when they're in your presence and then complain about them when they're gone. I want to encourage us to try this year to be people that bless when people aren't even in the room, that we speak well of people, that we do not put them down, even if they can hear us or they can't hear us. It can be really easy to get in a state where just because the person we're talking about can't hear us, we think that that makes it okay for us to actually say things that are not honouring to them and not honouring to God. So when it says, bless those who persecute you, let's be people who do that. Those who may speak ill of you, let's speak well of them. Those who may hate you, let's actually ask God to be all that he can be for them. And that goes for on camp as well. Nearly every year I've done camp, there's been campers who have not liked their buddies. And that can be really hard. But if we are Christ's disciples, let's be people who still encourage and speak well of our campers, even if they're not speaking well of us. Even if we have, even if they do something that you go, you know what? I have a right to complain. I have a right to bag this person out. We can actually do that in a way that honours them and not, tears them down. So I'm not saying not sharing the hard of life. And we all need people that we can actually be real with and share how people, like how we're really feeling about people and situations. But we all know when we've done that in an honouring way and when we've done that in a spiteful way. And there's a difference. You can say the same kind of information, honouring the person and blessing them, or you can do it when you really are cursing them and being really spiteful. And so as disciples, let's ask God to help us in those moments when we are feeling persecuted, to actually bless and not curse, to actually be honouring and not spiteful.
Rejoice with those who rejoice, verse 15 tells us. Mourn with those who mourn. This is really about having empathy for people. That when someone is finding life tough, that we come alongside them and say, wow, that sounds really tough. I'm so sorry that you are finding it so tough at the moment. When someone is so excited about something, we can come alongside them and say, wow, that's so fantastic. I can't believe it. It's so amazing. It's actually about putting ourselves in other people's shoes and thinking about them and not just thinking about ourselves. Because it can be easy sometimes to have someone who is really down about life and we just don't get it. We think, boy, you should have seen what my year's been like and you're complaining about that? You're grieving that small thing when I've had these big losses? Or someone could be really excited about stuff and we can sometimes think, I don't know if that's worthy of getting so excited about. We better knock them down a few pegs because they're a bit overexcited about what's happening. Be people, let's be people, who if someone is having a hard time, if someone is mourning, that we're able to say, boy, I'm so, like, I'm actually with you in this. I don't have to understand it fully to be able to say, I'm going to actually sit with you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to respect how you're feeling because at the moment for you, life is crap. And I might not see it that way, but you do. Oh, you're so excited about something. I'm going to actually rejoice with you and get excited with you and like, think it's fantastic, even though to me it may be nothing. And it's not about putting on an act. It's not about pretending. It's actually about saying, I'm going to sacrifice what I think for the sake of what you think. I'm going to actually care where you're at and not just think that I'm so important that what I think and what I feel is the most important thing in the space. So it's not about pretending to be happy when you're not. It's about generally being happy for someone because of what's happening in their world, regardless of what you think about it. Or grieving and mourning and being sad with someone. Not because you would feel sad if that happened to you, but because they do. And because we want to be people that don't just think about our own selves, but actually think about others. There's a lot more in Romans 12 that we could talk about. And as I mentioned at the very beginning, even the things I've just talked about, we could just try and do that all year. And I don't know about you, but I know that I had some great successes and I would have some fails. There'd be moments when I would do it really well and moments when I wouldn't. And that's okay too. Because this isn't about being perfect. This is about saying, God, because of your mercy, because of all that you've done for me, because of your love for me, because of your grace towards me, I can show that to other people. I can love those because of you. I can sacrifice myself because of who you are. Because you give me love, I can love out of that place. 
I can bless those who persecute me because my worth is not based on what they say, it's based on what you say. And so if we find Romans 12 hard to do, I encourage you that in those moments, go back to who God is. Go back to what Jesus has done for you. When Jesus was on earth, he told us that those that are forgiven much, forgive much. And that is really true. When we realize how much we've been forgiven, it's so much easier for us to show forgiveness. When we realize how much we are loved and don't deserve it, it's so much easier to love those that don't deserve it. When we realize the mercy and the forgiveness and the grace and all that God has given us, we can give out of that place, regardless of who's standing in front of us, regardless of their attitude, regardless of if it's easy to love the person. And that's what being a disciple is about. Anybody in the world can love when they are loved. It doesn't require the Holy Spirit to bless someone who is kind to you, to be generous to someone who's generous to you. But that's why the first couple of verses in Romans 12 is so important for the rest of the verses in 12 to even have a potential of being the life that we live. Because if we do not, in view of God's mercy and his mercy alone, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, that everything else we can do, but we do it only when it's convenient. We do it when the other person deserves it. We do it when it works to our benefit. But because of God's mercy, because of all that God has done for us, we can actually be people who walk this year and walk these camps giving out of a place that is not dependent on anybody else but on my relationship with God and God alone. That I can use the gifts he's given me because he has given them to me. They're not my thing that I've worked hard for. They're a gift. So let's be people, whether we're going on Southern Cross Kids Camp or whether we're living a year that we want to be pleasing to God. I encourage you to come back to chapter 12 of Romans. Start at the beginning and see how God can give you the strength, the desire and the ability to love how he loves, to show grace and mercy how he shows grace and mercy and to actually further his kingdom this year, not because you're great, but because he's great and we are sacrificing ourselves to him and to his will. So let me just pray. God, I do want to thank you that really, even though we've we've read and talked about things for us to do, that you give us all that we need to be able to do them, God. That when we give ourselves up to you, God, when we think of ourselves not higher than we should, Lord, that you have the ability to give us the love that we need for people so that it is sincere that you give us the gifts that we can use that benefit your kingdom and your people and we get to be benefited from other people too using their gifts, that we can actually bless and honour people who persecute us and want nothing to do with us, 
that we can speak well of them, Lord, not because of our own strength and not because we really want to, but because we give up what we want for what you want, God. And so I pray, Lord, that those of us who are heading into Southern Cross Kids Camp, Lord, that you would give us just in this week to come, Lord, remind us of your love for us, remind us of your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness so that no matter who we meet on camp, we can love out of your love. And Lord God, we don't want just this to be a thing that happens for a week and then we forget about it, Lord. We want to be disciples of yours who live in this world and bring your kingdom to earth. So I pray for each one of us, Lord, that as we look ahead into the unknown, God, we have no idea what's going to happen next week, really, even though, let alone next month or next six months, Lord, as we look to this coming year, God. But what we do know is that we want to be followers of you. What we do know, God, is that you are faithful, that you are in control, and that you know even when we don't. And so we want to trust you. We want to love like you love. We want to forgive like you forgive. And so I pray for each one of us, God, that you would just remind us of your love and your mercy and your grace, and we'll be your disciples who love out of that and not out of our own strength. Amen.